Lord, we welcome you here. We've, we've welcomed you throughout this service. Throughout this time, Lord, and we just want to welcome you here to be who you are. In all that you are. Among us. Lord, your word is power and might. Your word is truth. Your word is transformation. Your word is life. You are the living word. So come and speak to us, living word of God. Speak to us now, Jesus. Lord, we recognize and acknowledge the resistance that is within us and around us, Lord. I just want to be just right direct about that, Lord. There is resistance here in our hearts today. And there is resistance all around us. But Jesus, I ask you to be who you are. You are the breaker. And I'm asking very specifically this morning, God, for you who have been anointed to be the breaker anointing today. To cut through, Jesus, the very carefully constructed resistance that exists within our hearts and our minds and our spirits today that resistance that exists in the world around us, that resistance that exists in the enemy of our souls. But God, you are greater and greater are you within us than the one that is in the world. Greater are you than our own hearts. Greater are you than our own minds. Greater are you, O God, So we declare your greatness in this place today. You are the great I am. And we submit ourselves under your mighty hand today that you might lift us up as on eagle's wings. That we might dream again as your people in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you, worshiping congregation. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For those of you that are guests this morning, welcome again. My name is Pastor Jim Olson, and I've had the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor of Bethel Christian Fellowship since 1990. So coming up on my 22nd anniversary pretty soon here this uh, spring. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for bringing the word here last week. If you missed it, you're going to want to get it. Um, and, and just every time Pastor Ben preaches from now, and just remember, he gives away money when he preaches. So, um, you know, it's, it really is worth it to come, okay? You're just not going to want to miss those opportunities to, to receive. All right. All right. So, but thank you, Pastor Ben, for uh, speaking about Dream Thieves. So we've been, we've been just begun as a congregation, for again, for those of you that are new or you've been gone for a little while or missed out, um, we are um, just beginning here in this new year, 2012, a focus 
on a year to dream. That's the prophetic theme for this year, for 2012. And uh, already we've received some powerful, I believe, impartations around that through uh, Pastor Coleman a couple weeks ago. Again, if you missed it, you do not want to miss Pastor Coleman's message. Um, grab the hold of that off of the uh, website and uh, download that or pick up a CD in the back. But don't miss grabbing hold of what God's speaking to us because what he's speaking to us is uh, very, the Lord, it's, he's very intent on this. He doesn't tell us things just because, you know, he just likes talking. Um, he wants to actually impart something to us that will be transformational in our lives. And so, um, so God is at work this year in our lives individually and in our life together and corporately and in our family of churches and beyond. God, this is a year to dream. And one of the foundational scriptures that God has given us for this year is from Psalm 126. And I just want to remind us of that Scripture again this morning, it says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy carrying sheaves with them. This is sort of, you know, the, the, the prophetic themes that the Lord gives us throughout the years, and there's 22 of them now, and all of them are on the website. If you ever want to go through and review all of the prophetic themes for the last 22 years, you can do that. And um, this particular year, the year to dream, really is woven in as part of um, three themes that have been the last three years. In 2010 was a year of restoration. In 2011, it was a year of return. And now in 2012, this year to dream is really built on that foundation of restoring and returning. You see, (coughs) when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion... We were like those who dreamed. It is when the Lord does his rebuilding in our lives, when he calls us back to himself, when he begins to pull out the investment of all that he has placed within us, then there is a dreaming that begins to be released into and through our lives. And so this Lenten season, which will begin in about a month, but leading up into Lent and through Lent, from now until Easter, We are going to be beginning a brand new sermon series, both here in St. Paul and in Minneapolis. Pastor Sam and I are coordinating together on this. And the title of this particular series that we're going to be talking about is Living the Dream. And this is going to be prophetic. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be practical. um, And I believe it's going to have impact in each and every one of our lives both individually and, again, our life together corporately. And so um, we are stepping into that this morning. And, again, this is, this is a series that is going to take us through Easter. And it's going to be primarily focused around the life of one of the great characters in the Scriptures, the life of Joseph. And so um, this morning 
We're going to kind of pull back the lens, though, for a moment. Before we get into the Joseph story, I want to give us some broader context. I want to connect back into the theme message that I shared a couple of weeks ago and, and speak a little bit more about this concept of dreams and what this means and how we can embrace and how that those dreams can be released into our lives. And then I'm just going to give you a heads up now. At the end of the message this morning, we are going to have a significant time and opportunity and the worship team's ready and we're ready. Pastor Ben and I are ready. We're going to be praying into those dreams that God is going to be planting into your lives. So we're going to have a lot of altar opportunity this morning for impartational prayer. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the roast will hold and whatever, you know, but you're going to be welcomed to come and receive this morning because I really genuinely believe that the Lord intends to break some glass. I'm going to talk about that more a little bit later, but break some glass, those glass ceilings that we have in our minds, in our spirits, in our hearts. God wants to bring us into a new place of revelation and release as it relates to his dreams for our lives. Because what we're really talking about is not, and we'll get into that in a moment, we're not talking about pipe dreams, we're not talking about sort of our own um, daydreams and illusions, but we're talking about his kingdom dreams in our lives. And we're going to be, one other thing, once we hit Lent, we're going to be pressing into a season, we're going to go into a 40-day season of fasting and prayer around this, and we're going to be, it's, uh, the title of it is going to be Fast Forward Pursuing His Kingdom Dreams. And so we're going to be pressing in. We just really sense that it's time to really press in in this place. So join us and listen now carefully as the Lord speaks to our hearts here this morning. One of the favorite scriptures that many of us have, and if you've never heard this scripture before, listen to it. Carefully, if you've heard it a thousand times, listen to it this morning as if you're hearing it for the first time. This is the word of the Lord to his people. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a Now, if you have a King James Version, this is from the NIV. If you have a King James Version Bible, when you're reading that scripture, you'll find out that it says, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I know the thoughts that I have towards you. If you dig into this word, back in the original Hebrew, you'll discover that it means several things. There's several different connotations to it. Thoughts is one of them. Plans is another. Another word that I really like is innovation. I know the innovations, the inventions that I have for you. Now we're beginning to touch something that I think is significant for us to hear this morning. When God is thinking thoughts about you, when he has, when he's thinking about his plans over your life, when he's thinking about these things, he's thinking in a creative way. He's thinking about 
Some of you are inventors in this room or you've got that kind of creative flow in you. That, that would not actually be me uh, in, the, in the practical realm of things. Okay? I, I dream things more in a spiritual sense, but, but in terms of practical. But, but, but God is thinking about inventions, plans, thoughts, creative ideas for your life. So, when you think about this, here's, here's what I want you to, to, to grab hold of. First of all, this, I don't know about you, but this actually blows me away if I start, if I actually think about what this means. God is thinking about me. First of all, just, God is thinking about you. Those of you that are parents know that you, you think about your kids. I think about my kids. I think about them. I love them. You know, I've got some grown kids that are scattered, one in California and one in Chicago. I think about them. I think about my kids that are right here. No one Claire, the ones that are still with I think about them. I'm thinking about them. Papa God, Father God, is thinking about you. And when he's thinking about you, he's thinking about you with a smile on his face. Okay? He's thinking about you with great affection and with great love. And he's thinking about you and he's devised a unique plan for your life. A creative plan with the attention of you experiencing a positive and fulfilling future. He's thinking good thoughts towards you which, which are opening up into something that is going to bring fulfillment to your life. God has a dream for you. Again, just like as parents, we have dreams for our kids. God has dreams for His kids. He has a dream for Bethel Christian Fellowship. He has a dream for, for this corporate body of believers. He's told us what His dream is for us. His dream for Bethel Christian Fellowship is that we might radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. That's His dream for us. And as we begin to, and as we continue to live that out, His smile is upon us as we do that. He has a creative plan for you, for your existence, for your life. Something that is be fulfilling and positive. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. Future. When we embrace God's dream for us, It's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly potent and fulfilling. One of the interesting things is I went back, and I didn't have time to unfold this much in the theme message, but as I, as I went back and looked at the word for dream, the word for dream and the word for potency are, are the same basic word. So in other words, dreams have power. They have creative power. And when you're thinking about potency, you're thinking about something that is creating something new. There is a fruitfulness 
that is there. Dreams are incredibly fruitful. They're incredibly fulfilling. They're incredibly powerful. They're, they, new life comes forth when God dreams in our lives and we embrace those dreams that He has for us. All right. So, living the dream, I want to talk about the power of dreams this morning. It's the first thing I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about two main things. The first of those is the power of dreams. The second thing that we're going to talk about is empowering those dreams. But first we're going to talk about the power, the potency of dreams. First of all, we need to lay some foundations here. So this is laying foundations for this year, laying foundations for this particular series of messages that we're going to be doing, okay? The first thing that I want us to, 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 to embrace this morning is the reality that dreams are substantial. Now, that's sort of counterintuitive because normally we think of dreams as being quite insubstantial. In fact... The dreams that we have, and we can talk about night dreams, and we can talk about day dreams that happen during the day vision. A lot of times, particularly, I don't know about you, but with night dreams, they're here and they're gone. You know, by the time I wake up and I remember that I've been dreaming, and by the time, you know, a minute has gone by, a lot of times those dreams have escaped me. Okay? So they feel very insubstantial. And even the dreams that we have sometimes that gets stirred up within us, maybe in a time of prayer or just a time of, I don't know, God, I don't know where he does, he he happens to speak to me in the shower, okay? It's one of the places that he speaks to me. It's just the reality, that's the way it is, all right? So, but, you know, and sometimes by the time I'm done with the shower, it's like, where did it go? But just because those dreams may be passing through our minds doesn't mean that they are not substantial, that they are not actually real, and that God is not at work speaking to us. And so what I, want, what I want to grab hold of here when we're talking about, particularly when we're talking about God dreams here and His kingdom dreams, we're talking about dreams that are very substantial. You all know Hebrews 11, 1 and 2. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Certain of what we do not see. So we're not talking about wishful thoughts. We're not talking about positive thinking. We're talking about something that has substance. There is a surety, a certainty. That word being sure of is is the word for, the same word that you would use for the word, for a foundation underneath a building. Dreams are foundational in our lives. It was dream, it was God's dream. Out of His dream, He spoke the word and the world came into existence. God thought about that first. He had a plan. He had an invention in mind. When you came into existence, you were a dream that God had that a life would be born. Your life has significance. Your life has substance. 
Because it's not a casual accident that you are here, but you are a dream that's become reality. Certain of what we do not see. It's a perception. We're seeing things that aren't, you know, and then Hebrews, the rest of Hebrews 11 goes on to talk about people, Old Testament folks, who lived this out. And we're going to be talking about that with Joseph, somebody who lived out and lived out a dream that had come from God into his life, that had substance. It had significance. It had weight. Dreams have weight. What is a dream? It's a dream is a high and holy ideal. So I'm giving a, a, a broad brushstroke definition. A high and holy ideal, an aspiration towards a particular goal, a compelling plan we want to accomplish, a course which we are passionate about, a call to a particular kind or place of service, a vision of what we want to accomplish in that service. It's something that is compelling, something we're compassionate about. There's a call involved. There's an ideal involved. I often say I'm an unreconstructed idealist. I, I, I am. It's a, it's a tension point in my soul to be in reality. But I am. I'm an idealist. But I believe that God has... A, I, I think it's that dream. I mean, it's, it's the dream that Martin Luther King shared. We heard about some last couple of weeks ago with Reverend Coleman. A dream that has something. It's an ideal. We're not there yet. God's kingdom dreams have not been fully fulfilled yet, but they have been inaugurated. And our lives are a reflection of that. And we continue to pursue towards that goal. Pressing on in His purposes. Dreams are transformational. Dreams are transformational. They're substantial and they're transformational. Think of what took place when Saul was on the road, the Damascus road, he was on the way, and God came and spoke to him. It says, we all fell to the ground. I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, Why do you persecute me? Saul was on his way to go and arrest and kill some more Christians. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in Me. 
Then verse 19, he's saying this in testimony before King Agrippa. And he says, so then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. I was not disobedient. From that moment on, Saul's life was transformed. He went from Saul to Paul, from persecutor to the church, to the promoter of the church, the greatest promoter of the church in all of history. All because of a dream, a vision, a revelation that had been given to him from God. Dreams are transformational. John R. Mott says, without a doubt, there comes to many of us the choice between a life of contraction or one of expansion, a life of small dimensions or one of widening horizons, larger visions and plans. Where are you at? Are you still dreaming? And I don't care what age you are. As they say, no matter how old you are, you can still grow some new wood. Like a tree, every year it grows some new wood. That's how it stays vital. No matter how old you are, no matter what stage or age of life you are in, no matter what education you are, no matter what background, no matter what language you speak, no matter what kind of food you like to eat, God wants to expand and bring something transformational into your life. So that you can fully enter into all that He has intended and devised for your life. He's thinking really good thoughts about you. Transformational thoughts. He doesn't want to just reform you. He wants to transform. Be a new creation. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never entered into relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, we're talking about Him, we sang about Him, and it's all like, I don't get this at all. What's going on here? What we're talking about here and what we're singing about, what we're experiencing, is the reality of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a religion. A religion is all about kind of rules and regulations and structures and, uh, you know, whatever. At the heart of Christianity is all about relationship with Jesus. And when you come to know Jesus, He'll transform your life. And if you don't know Him, if you've not had relationship with Him, you may be breathing and living. And, I mean, you know, you may be experiencing kind of physical life. But the Bible says spiritually, we're dead until we experience His life in us. Once we come to Him, our lives are changed. It's, different. it's an adventure. Christianity is not boring. Walking with God is not boring. It's the most exciting thing in the world. And if you've never stepped into relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you today to experience new life in Him. In fact, can we just close our eyes for a moment here? If you're here this morning... You may be here for the first time. You may be here for the 500th time. But you know in your heart that you've not experienced this kind of relationship. You, and, and, and you're longing for transformation. Not just, you know, Jesus didn't come just to make bad people good. He may, came to make dead people live. And so this morning, you want to experience 
true life, real life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life, he said. He wants to resurrect your life today. If you've never made that kind of step, and you'd like to this morning, well, I'm, I have my eyes open, everybody else doesn't, would you just hold up your hand so I can see where you are and we'll, we'll talk, okay? You want to have, all right, anybody else? You want to have real life today. You've not had the experience of life. Yep, okay. Anybody else? You want to experience life today. Transformational life today. Okay? All right. Jesus, I pray for my brother. I pray, God, that, Lord, you see, Lord, the posture of his heart, which says, Lord, I want to experience life. Jesus, I pray that you would come with your life now. Speak into him your truth about who he is in you. Lord, forgiveness that comes when we acknowledge our sin and transformation that comes through your forgiveness. Bless him now. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Come and find me after the service. We'll talk some more. All right. Thank you, God. Lord, you are all about bringing transformation. Dreams are contagious. Dreams are contagious. This is the beauty of of a dream. A dream is contagious. They really are. I mean, you know, that's the power. I mean, the power of Martin Luther King's speech, so famous, so well known to us, is he didn't say, I have a strategic plan that I'd like to lay out for you today. It was, I have a dream. Dreams are contagious. First Chronicles 11, and how many burp boys do we have in the house this morning? We got some burp boys? I know we got some of the burp boys are here. All right. You bet. All right, men. The burp boys are learning to become mighty men of God, and this is one of our foundational scriptures. David became more and more powerful because the Lord Almighty was with him. These were the chiefs of David's mighty warriors. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. There is the chiefs of David. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land. Remember, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, when we think about it in human terms, we think of kingdom, we think of a geographic realm. When we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the reign and rule of Jesus Christ. And we are being raised up as mighty men and women of God to help extend the rulership and reign of King Jesus on the earth. That's what we're here for. That's the kingdom dream. And that dream is contagious. Listen to me. Global Christianity is on the move. Considerably more people became Christians in the 20th century than in any previous century. In 1900, there was about 558 million Christians. In 2000, there were approximately 2,130 million Christians. In 1970, there were 72 million Pentecostals and Charismatics. In 1992, that increased more than 500% to 410 million. Pentecostal Christianity is by far the fastest growing religious movement in the world. 
All the press goes to other world religions. But I want to tell you the stats speak for themselves. The reality and truth is this. The kingdom dream is expanding. And Pentecostal charismatic Christianity is growing far faster than any other movement on the earth. People are coming in. People are, you know, we say, oh, wouldn't it be great if we were back to the book of Acts and people were being added to the church daily? They are! By thousands and thousands and tens of thousands every day around the world. People are coming to Christ. Right here, Bethel Christian Fellowship, people are coming to Christ. People are coming and experiencing the reality of this dream. It's contagious, people. It's infectious. See, that's what I I love about Jesus. You know, he had no problems. Listen to this. (laughs) This is so cool. In Jesus' day, nobody would touch lepers or those who had to, you know, whatever. And Jesus went right up to them and laid his hands on them. Why did he do that? Because, why did nobody else do that? Because they were afraid of being infected by the infection. But Jesus knew that life is stronger than death, that light is greater than darkness, and when He went, He was infectious, and He brought people life. And we are called as the people of God to bring life wherever we are. We're to be contagious. It's always a good question to ask yourself is what am I infecting people with? Are we infecting them with life? With joy? With kingdom reality? Alright. Now, let's talk about empowering the dream. This will move quickly so stay with me and then we're going to pray. In the last days, this is another foundational scripture for this year. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. You don't have to be old to dream. You can be young. You don't have to be a man to dream. You can be a woman. God's pouring out his spirit on all flesh, all people. King James Version of Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Listen to this. Dreaming is a normal part. Dreaming is a normal part. Say normal part. It's a normal part of the Spirit-filled Christian life. This is not something just for special people. This is for all of us because the Spirit of God has been poured out on all flesh. It's risky to dream, though, because guess what? Your dreams can be shattered. It's stretching to dream because you're going to be taken out of your comfort zone. And yet it is essential to dream as it's the only way to experience true fulfillment in life. And so what I want to do and invite you to do today, for some of you, you've put up 
like glass ceilings and maybe even more than glass, walls around your heartbeat is like, I'm not going there again. I can't. I understand. I've been there. I've done that. I've had my dreams shattered. I've walked way out of my comfort zone and felt like I don't have a clue where I am. What are you doing to me, Lord? (laughs) And yet I can also stand here and testify to you today that if we don't dream, we're going to die. That God wants us to dream His dreams again, and it is normal for us. And so I'm going to be asking, I'm asking in this year to dream that the Lord would bring us into normal Christian experience, which is dreaming. His dream. So how's that going to happen? Well, what will empower us to embrace, embrace God's dream for us? How do, we, how do we get there? What do I need to, how can I, ay, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know if I can. Glad you asked. Here we go. What will empower us to embrace God's dream for us knowing that God is with us? When you know that God is with you, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is Jesus said. Moses said, I know you've called me to do this. I know you've called me to lead this people, but if you're not going, I'm not going. But when you you know that God is with you, when it's settled in your soul that God is actually truly with you, it releases you into that dream. Knowing that God is in control of all things. Guess what? This is reality. This is truth. God is in control of all things. The world is not out of control. He's not up scratching his head saying, oh boy. God never says, oops. Okay? In Acts 4, when, when there had been stuff going on, the early church faced all this persecution. They came together, they prayed. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. I love what they started with. Sovereign Lord. Right there, it puts it right in perspective. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign means you're king. You got it in your hand. It's in your control. They said, you made heavens and the earth and the sea, everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Why do they do that? Don't they know? Don't they know who's in charge? There is a king and his name is Jesus. And knowing that he is in control of all things empowers us to dream. Knowing that God works all things in our lives for good. That doesn't mean that all everything that happens in your life is good. Hard, even bad things happen in our lives. But they pass through the face of God first, and He understands and He knows, and He, in His incredible way in which He does, He takes even those hard things and works them for good. I received news this week that my... My dear friend, somebody who's been my spiritual director for over 25 years, just was given a uh, diagnosis of three months to live. And uh, he's a, a very close friend of mine. And we've walked through a lot together. And I was talking to him this week. I, I wrote him an email first, just to, and then, then we talked. And I said, well, 
you know, and I was talking about, and he was talking about some things that were going, and I said, wow, well, I guess, you know, in people and what, what God's been speaking and doing. And I said, I guess that's the, you know, the silver lining in the cloud. And he said, well, I don't even think it's a silver lining in the cloud. I just think this is the blessing of God. He's experiencing the reality of even what he's going through, which is a very hard and difficult thing. He's experiencing God working it for good in his life. He's not in fear. He's not in panic. He's not in, in you know, despair. And I just said, you know, you've lived your life in such a way that, you know, this is just another place of surrender. It's just another... He's lived a surrendered life. This is just another deeper surrender. We, I mean, death is just a deeper surrender. It's not even... It's, I, I, I wrote... I, there was a scripture that had come up in, in um, our, our Saturate time at our life group. And, and uh, it talked about when I awake. And, and, and I had this thing... I had this revelation this week. This has nothing to do with the message exactly, but it does. But that is that death is not sleeping. Death is waking up. Death is waking up. That's when we're going to be fully awake. We're going to be fully awake. We're going to see Him. God works all of those things. As it says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. In all things, God works for the good. He's the ultimate recycler. <laughs> He'll take everything and work it for good. Finally, knowing that God wants to use us to accomplish His purposes. We know that God wants to use us. Yeah, He wants to use me? Really? Me? But you have no idea who me is. Yeah, God wants to use you. And me. In fact, as Paul says, I... Thank God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you, I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Till the day of Christ Jesus, that he will accomplish his purposes for you, through you, in you. Hallelujah! Hello? This is good. This is... This is the, the word of the Lord into our lives today. He wants to empower your dreams. So, you ready to dream? Are you ready to dream? This is a, this is a real question. Are you ready to dream? All right, at least four or five people are. The rest of you are thinking, I'm not quite sure yet, but... I'm going to tell this story. Worship team, come on up while I tell it. The energy that comes from a dream that will not die can truly be miraculous. In his book, Victory Over Darkness, Neil Anderson tells a remarkable story of a girl born over 50 years ago outside of Nashville, Tennessee. She had major health problems which left her disabled. She had a large, wonderful Christian family, but while her brothers and sisters enjoyed running and playing outside, she was confined to braces. Her parents took her into Nashville periodically for physical therapy, but the little girl's hope was dim. Will I ever be able to run and play like the other children, she asked her parents. Honey, you only have to believe, they responded. If you believe, God will make it happen. She took her parents' counsel to heart and began to believe that God 
would make her walk without braces. Unbeknownst to her parents and doctors, she practiced walking without her braces with the aids of her bro- with the aid of her brothers and sisters. On her 12th birthday, she just surprised her elders by removing her braces, walking around the doctor's office unassisted. Her doctors couldn't believe her progress. She never wore the braces again. Her next goal was to play basketball. She continued to exercise her faith and courage as well as her undeveloped legs, underdeveloped legs, and went out for the school basketball team. The coach selected her older sister for the team, but the courageous girl was told she wasn't good enough to play. Her father, a wise and loving man, told the coach, my daughters come in pairs. If you want one you got to take the other. <laughs> Reluctantly, the coach added the girl to the team. She was given an outdated uniform and allowed to work out with the other players. One day, she approached the coach. If you will give me an extra 10 minutes of coaching each day, I'll give you a world-class athlete. He laughed and realized she was seriously serious. He half-heartedly agreed to give her some additional time playing two-on-two with her best friend and a couple of boys. Before long, her determination started to pay off. She showed tremendous athletic skill and courage, and soon she was one of the team's best players. Her team went to the state basketball championships. One of the referees at the tournament recognized her exceptional ability and asked if she'd ever run track. She hadn't. The referee, who also happened to be the coach of the internationally famous Tiger Bells track club, encouraged her to try running. So after the basketball season, she went out for track. She began winning races and earned a berth in the state track championships. At the age of 16, she was one of the best young runners in the country. She went to the Olympics in Australia and won a bronze medal for anchoring the 400-meter relay team. Not satisfied with her accomplishment, she worked diligently for four more years to return to the Olympics in Rome in 1960. There, Wilma Rudolph won the 100-meter dash, 200-meter dash, anchored the winning 400-meter relay team, all in world record times, capped the year by receiving the prestigious Sullivan Award as the most outstanding amateur athlete in America. Wilma Rudolph's faith and hard work had paid off. Wilma Rudolph taught us that the most restrictive braces are not those of the body, but the braces of our mind. So here's what I think the Lord wants to do this morning. I think He wants to break off some of those braces, those restrictions, those glass ceilings that we've put in our lives, those things where we can see something more, but it feels like there's a ceiling and we can't break through. I can't break through that myself. And I can't break through that in your life. But I believe that God is able to do that. And so I'm going to ask Pastor Ben to come on up here, and uh, he can grab some oil here as well. And as your pastors this morning, we're going to lay hands on you and anoint you with oil and believe and trust that God is going to do just what he said he would do. All right? And I don't know about you, but I want to step into that place and believe with him in that. So, um, Dave Ogren, I'm going to ask you to come up and assist uh, Pastor Ben and uh, Sam Fury, if you come on up and assist me here, please. Thank you. And if you are here this morning and you are just ready to dream, but you just, you know, I don't know, God's working something in your life and this morning and you just want to step into that, um, I'm going to ask you to come and just line up here and we're going to go down the line and we're going to just anoint you with oil in obedience to the word of the Lord, which says that we are to anoint with oil and pray in faith and belief that God is going to bring forth something new today. It's going to open up some dream. you know, it might be dreams in the night, it might be visions that you're going to see, it might be just small inklings, small blades, but I believe blades of grass are going to come up today and are going to start to break through ground. Maybe even ground that's been hard, but God wants to do that. 
if you've never come to Christ, the young man who, who lifted his hand earlier, come on up. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray for others this morning, whatever it is. Maybe you have other needs that you need the Lord to just break through today. We're going to trust him to break through those things as well. Healing, deliverance, whatever it is. We're just going to take some time. So I'm going to, I'm going to invite you in a moment to stand. I'm going to pray a prayer of benediction, but that doesn't mean things are over. That just means I know there's some people that might need to be released. I want to pray for kids today, by the way. Kids are wide open to receiving visions and dreams. So I want to pray for kids, young people today. If you've got kids back here and you want to bring them up, Pastor Ben and I would love to pray for your children today. Pray for families. Uh, you know, we're ready to lay hands on anything that doesn't move fast, away, fast enough away to get away from us, all right? So whatever it is, you just, you just come on up. We'll stay here as long as needed today to just pray and receive that flow of the blessing of God. I believe that there's impartation. I have a very clear word from the Lord about this gave it to me many days ago about this moment right now. So I'm not operating on sort of hopeful, wishful thinking. I am confident and sure that God is going to do what he has said that he would do today. Worship team, if there's any of you that want to come down at any point, you know, there's enough of you that somebody can be, you know, you can come on down anytime, receive, don't feel like you have to stay up there the whole time. If God, if you want to come on down, come on down. That'd be great. And uh, if you wanted to stay in worship and pray over while people are receiving prayer this morning, you just do that. All right, come on. And then uh, why don't we stand up to our feet and I'm going to pray. And then you're going to come and you're going to receive this morning the name of the Lord. He's, he is here to bring transformation today. He's here to bring life. He's here. Hallelujah. Open your hands. Jesus, we welcome you. King of kings, sovereign Lord, we lift up our voice and our hearts to you today in confidence, believing, Lord, that you who have said what you have said, you will do. You are not a God that you should lie. No, 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 no. You are not a God that you should lie. You will accomplish that for which you have said. So, Lord God, I am believing and asking now that you would release Lord, the impartational power of your presence and spirit here now to come and baptize us here at this altar today with your presence and that you would release normal Christianity today which brings dreams and visions from you, from you, from heaven into our hearts. Revelation, power, now come in Jesus' name. And Lord, for those that must go, Lord, it's not just for those coming to the altar. This is your word over this house collectively. So I trust you now for that and believe you, Lord. And bless, Lord, each and every one here in this house today with your grace and mercy and power. Come with your anointing and release and bless in Jesus' name. Each and every one, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord God, open your hands. I pray that you be filled afresh today with the immeasurable love of God the Father, the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, the inexhaustible strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to your house. Sent to make disciples of all nations, may the banner of His favor and grace be over you until we gather again either in this house or in our eternal home. I bless you, people of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, with His grace and favor, hallelujah, come and receive.